for all the visitors that are here today. Glad for all the home folks that are here today, and I'm glad to be here today. Amen, amen, amen. John, the 20th chapter. I'll begin to read at verse 18, and I'll read a couple of these, and then I'll let you be seated. I'm going to finish the chapter, but you don't have to stand for all of that. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you just retain, they are retained. I'm going to let you be seated now. I'm going to read the rest of the chapter, but there's no reason you'd have to stand for all of that. Amen, amen, amen. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. This was just in the opening days following the resurrection. They had walked with him three and a half years. They had watched him raise the dead. They had watched him open blind eyes. They had gone with him along the road one day and we met a funeral procession where a young boy had died. Now, I'm going to tell you what, Jesus upset funerals. You just couldn't have a really decent funeral around him because he would raise the dead. And they're headed to the, the graveyard. And they, in their day, they had paid criers. They would pay people to come to the funeral and cry. And they would pay them to walk before the casket to the gravesite. They were paid criers. And Jesus met them and then met the family, no doubt. And then here is the funeral buyer. The men are carrying it on their shoulders, got the body of the child on the funeral buyer. And when Jesus got there, he said, hold on just a minute. And just reached up and caught the boy by the hand and pulled him down off of there. And when he hit the ground, he was alive. He said, now go home. Mama's got soup fixed. Told Mama, said, take him home and feed him. You know, he just, he upset funerals, something terrible. He got there and they'd already buried Lazarus and he'd been there four days already and Jesus came to town and he wasn't there long till the stone has rolled away and Lazarus has come floating out of there on the power of the word of God. He was bound hand and foot and Jesus screamed it out, Lazarus, come forth. Now he had to just float out of there. Either that or Gabriel and Michael carried him out and set him up. He said, now untie him. You put that on him. You thought he was all wrapped up. You ever wonder where that statement came from? Well, that just wraps that up. 
That's what they did. They wrapped them up and put them in a tomb, and they figured they'd be there forever. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus can unwrap things that you think are wrapped. And the devil will tell you a lot of times, well, that wrapped that up, buddy. No, God hadn't had his word in it yet. We'll wait and see what the Lord says about it because I'm just telling you, I know some people that the devil thought were really wrapped up. And the next thing you know, there's life in them. Praise God. Amen. Let me read a little bit further. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I, everybody say I, shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my, everybody say my, my finger into the print of those nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. The, I mean, the Bible's very explicit here. It's setting the stage. They've shut and locked the doors because they're still afraid of what the Jews may do to them. And while the door's locked and they're all within, all of a sudden Jesus shows up. And the first thing he said was, peace be unto you. And then immediately he turned to Thomas and said, son... Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Another place, it says, if they were all were written, the world itself could not contain the books thereof. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I'm going to preach this little thought to you today, living proof. <laughs> Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this building already. Why don't you just slip those hands up again and love him just for a minute? Hallelujah, Lord. We're so thankful today to be in the house of God. So thankful today to be, Lord, one of your children. So thankful, God, to have a testimony. So thankful, Lord, to have an experience. God, I thank you and I praise you and I magnify you. I pray you touch every soul in this building and not just them, but go through them to their homes. Touch their children, touch their wives, touch the husbands. God, move in every one of these lives in an undeniable fashion. For God, you and you alone are God and we give you praise. Clap your hands again to the Lord. Thank you, my brother. We do Thomas a great disservice. I don't know who started it. I don't know who the first preacher was, or maybe it wasn't a preacher. Maybe it was a saint that, that said, Oh, Thomas was a doubter. And they said, Well, we'll just call him Doubting Thomas. I'm going to tell you something today. I don't know that Thomas was that much of a doubter. 
Because with all the turmoil that was going on in the Jews' world, and with everything that had happened in the disciples' world in the last few days, Thomas still was showing up at the meetings when he could. The first meeting Jesus had with the disciples after his resurrection, Thomas was off somewhere doing something else. He might have been on the job. I don't know where he was. He might have been working a, a different shift than they were working. But he wasn't there. The Lord came in and immediately the first thing he did was speak peace into their life. I'm so thankful that God can come to lives that are in turmoil. And just with the power of his word can calm your storms, can let your tensions relax, can allow your mind to all of a sudden be consumed with the peace of God that passes understanding. I'm so glad that when God, the Bible said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm just going to tell you, Sister Bradshaw, somebody asked me one time, well, what does it feel like to receive the Holy Ghost? I said, you know what? I don't have enough words or time. I had a fellow tell me one time, preacher, you sound like a used car salesman. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. You're all the time telling me, well, God did this and God did that and the Holy Ghost did this. I said, brother, I'm going to tell you what. That's just the basic package. I'm not a used car salesman. Ain't nothing used about this. This is brand new every morning, praise God. And everybody that receives the Holy Ghost becomes a new creature in Christ. All things pass away. All things are new, praise God. You get a new thought pattern. You get a new life pattern. You get new energy and new power, praise God. You get power over the devil and the world and the flesh. I'm just telling you now, I'd be here a long, long time today telling you all of the options that come with it. And I'll go beyond that. The options God provides to you could be different from the ones he provides to me. Not because he loves me less, but because God is an individual God. He wants to be a savior to all men. He will walk in the steps you've walked in. The Bible said he was tempted in every way like as we are, yet without sin. He was a young man one time. He was a teenager one time. That's why a teenager can go to the Lord and begin to present their petitions and God can say, I totally understand. I know where you're coming from. I had people do me wrong. I had people turn their back on me. But I can tell you this, I can help you overcome that. I can give you favor where you didn't have it yesterday. I can give you popularity if it'll help you. But I'm just telling you what I can give you is life and it more abundant. Look at your neighbor and say, it's more abundant life. Thomas got a bad rap and I, I don't go along with it at all. I'm not going to call him Doubting Thomas. Not at all. I'm a little bit on the analytical side myself, and I believe Thomas was too. Thomas knew enough about the Word of God to realize there's some things that should be happening if what we've heard is true. There's some things that ought to be taking place if all of the buildup was true, then there's some things that ought to be taking place. And not only that, but Thomas understood that it wasn't just destined for the lifetime of Jesus. But Jesus himself said, the things I've done, you'll do an even greater. Hallelujah. I want you to know Thomas was saying this. He was saying, I just need some living proof. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Mary Magdalene came and gave her testimony. Simon gave his testimony. John gave his testimony. All of those were great. And, and, and I'm sure that Thomas probably said, guys, I'm so happy for you. I'm so thankful, Mary, that you, you saw him and you talked to him. I remember the time when he cast all those devils out of you and gave you a new lease on life even before he was crucified. I'm so glad that you learned to become a servant to him. I'm so happy for what happened with Martha and her sister Mary. I'm glad about what happened to Lazarus and I've heard his testimony. But you got to understand, I'm going to have to walk this road myself. I'm going to have to have something down inside of me that I didn't get off of your testimony and I didn't get it from Simon's testimony and I didn't get it from somebody else's testimony. I want you to understand something. I need something for myself that in the bad times I can turn and say I remember the time I remember the day when the devil comes attacking I can look him in the eye and say you don't understand. I'm not telling about what happened to Larry Gandy. I'm not talking about what happened to Judy Gandy. I'm not talking about what happened to Mike. I'm talking about what happened with Pat Phillips, praise God, on October 28th, 1975, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about living proof. Turn to your neighbor and say living proof. You gotta understand, there was something going on here. Jesus was setting precedent. The marriage feast of Cana, Brother Gandy, his mama told him one day, look, they're having a marriage and I want you to go. So all the disciples decided to go. The scripture said time and time again, from the very day that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary until the day that Jesus actually died on that cross, there were many things that happened and the Bible would say that Mary pondered these things. She was thinking of because she said, I know what the angel said. I know that I had known no man. I know that that baby is living proof that God did something in my life that never been done in anybody's life before. I know that was a virgin birth. I know that I did not have relations with a man, but the Spirit overshadowed me. I carried it to term like any other woman because he wanted to be born of a woman. He wanted to be enough flesh that he could feel everything we feel. He wanted to be able to know how it felt when somebody did you wrong. As God above, he didn't understand that. But God said, I'm going to have to build me a body. I'm going to have to robe myself in the same flesh that they live in. And I'm going to have to feel what it's like for them to turn their back on me. I'm going to have to be able to feel what it's like for all around me, people to be making fun of me. I'm going to have to feel the frustration. I'm going to have to feel the antagonism. He said, if I'm going to help them, I'm going to have to feel everything they felt. Brothers and sisters, I maintain that Jesus Christ was all of God, but he was also all of man. Nobody ever lived like him, praise God. Nobody ever lived before him that could stand on God's say and say, I understand that. Stand on man's side and say, I understand that. God made him a body, robed himself in flesh, hung upon a tree, and they 
there on that tree, I want you to know he paid the ultimate price for me and you and her and him and everybody else that's ever lived. He understood why we say the things we say. He understood why we do the things we do. That's why the Bible said come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to sneak up on God and say, God, I had a little uh, mishap. And God say again? Didn't we have this conversation yesterday? No, brother, come boldly. God, you know flesh. You know what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm trying to overcome. God, you understand the crowd mentality that I get into sometimes. God, you understand when frustrations are real and all this stuff is going on. And the Lord of glory. I want you to understand something now. The Lord of glory looks down and said, I do understand. I have felt that. I have gone through that. That's why I can give you power. I can elevate you by the power of grace. I can transfer grace from me to you like Simon walked on the water when he shouldn't have been able to like Simon just started to sink but Jesus picked him back up and they walked together on the water again I'm just telling somebody in here today you can walk in places the devil says you can't walk you can walk over things the world says you can't walk over you can overcome things that the flesh and the devil and the world will tell you you cannot live through and the God of glory will say I can give you grace my grace is sufficient praise God come on y'all be loving the Lord a little bit y'all be loving the Lord a little bit his grace is sufficient praise God you know brother we ought to preach more about grace cause grace is the only thing I've ever read about that can expand itself and make itself one size bigger than anything you're facing I don't care how big it is. God's as big as he needs to be. Somebody told me one time, I saw the Gulf of Mexico. I said, no, you didn't. You saw what you could see from where you were standing. You hadn't saw all the Gulf of Mexico. That's why I can say we've never seen all the power of God. We've never seen everything God's able to do. With nothing but words, he pulled a universe out of a void. With nothing but words, he did that, praise God. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands just a little bit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord, when they went to that wedding, they're there at the wedding and then they run out of wine. Somebody said, now why did the Lord make wine? You can go into all that all day long. I'm not getting into that discussion. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Somebody said, well, it wasn't the same kind of wine we know. I don't know what kind of wine it was. I don't care what kind of wine it was. Tell your neighbors that he don't care. (laughs) (laughs) and you ought not either. I'm not looking for things that make doubt come in my mind. But the scripture simply said they ran out of wine, and why they came to Jesus, sister, I don't know. But they came to him and said, hey, we're out of wine. Now, he was 30 years old. It was time for his ministry to begin, Brother Kyle. A priest had to be 30 years old before the ministry would begin. Jesus did no miracles until then. We have one testimony of him, but from the time he was a little boy until he was 30 years old, and that the Bible said he was subject unto Mary and Joseph. At 12 years old, he went for his bar mitzvah, but other than that, all we know is he was subject to Mary and Joseph. But at 30 years of age, if he's ever going to start, it's time to start.
And they're standing at the wedding feast. And they say, hey, we're out of wine. He said, ain't none of my business. I come because mama told me to. I didn't get an invitation, but mom said, I want you to go, and I'm here. Mary had been pondering all this, brother. And she turned to the boys and said, hey, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. But uh, Bankard, <laughs> I called him Bankston last week. I used to work with a Bankston. I called him Bankston from the pulpit, and I apologized to him a while ago. I know who he is. I know his daddy. Hey, Mary said, you know what? Do whatever he says. Mary has some kind of little inkling that something's about to start. And Jesus was about to set precedent. He was about to begin his miracle ministry. And what he wanted to do was set the foundation. I'm going to just show you what it's going to be like. He said, go fill the water pots up with water. They went out and found them some water and they dipped it and they poured it full. He said, now take a glass full of that and take it to the governor of the feast. And when they did, then the governor turned it up and took a little swallow. He said, ah, oh, you boys, you saved the best for last. Everybody else gives us the best. And then when everybody's just a little bit tipsy, they bring in that cheap stuff. Y'all brought the valley high in. No, 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 no. He said, I don't know why y'all did, but you got the best stuff last. Jesus was saying, let me show you something. The nature of my kingdom is going to be this. It's going to be about transition. It's going to be about changing the ordinary to the un that which is not ordinary. It's going to be about taking the common and making it uncommon. My whole kingdom is going to be about doing things that are not like anybody's ever done them before. My whole kingdom is going to be about taking everyday ordinary people and turning them into saints of God that have power, that have joy, that have peace, that have love, that have long suffering. He said, my whole kingdom is going to be about transition power, praise God. If you're here today and you had not received the Holy Ghost yet, I almost envy you because you got no clue what you're in for. You don't know what it's like when the power of the Most High God comes flowing down from the head of the universe and flows into your head and down to your feet. You don't know what it's like when the God of heaven manifests himself in your flesh. You don't know what it's like when the God that spoke and worlds were created all of a sudden is talking to you from the inside rather than the outside, praise God. You got no clue what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night when your whole world's in turmoil and God wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, I got this. You don't know what it's like when you look over at your children and they're going wild and doing things they shouldn't and you simply say, Jesus, help me. And the next thing you know, they're saying, Dad, Dad, we'd like to go to church. Dad, we met somebody and they invited us to church. Dad, we want our family to go to church. You don't know what it's like for God to put your name on a desk with a job that you want to get and you shouldn't get. And God said, give it to that man. Give it to that woman. You you know what it's like when God partners with you. When God becomes into covenant agreement with you. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't understand what I'm saying. When the God of heaven and earth comes and lives inside of you. 
Come on, love him a little bit. Love him a little bit. Love him a little bit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I take dominion of every spirit of hell that's warring against this service today. I command them in Jesus' name in the outer darkness and I pray the power of the Holy Ghost would be unleashed in this building today. I'm telling somebody about a God that has got something waiting for you like nothing you ever saw. And so when Jesus came in to where the disciples were and Thomas was there with them. Now I want to show you something. This is a little key. You, 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 right, right now I want you to put your finger on what I'm about to say because this will carry you a long ways. Brother Mike, I don't direct it to you, but I'm, I'm just going to call your name anyway. Thomas had some questions. But you know what Thomas didn't do? Thomas didn't stay home. Thomas kept coming to the meetings. Thomas kept coming to where the disciples were. Thomas kept coming and Jesus gave him an answer for his question, praise God. Sometimes we have things we're not totally clear on and the devil said, well, just stay home till it clears up. How in the world is it gonna clear up at home? It's not gonna clear up at home. Come to the house of God and let God meet with you and let God anoint a pastor to speak into your world. Come to the house of God and let God dispel all of your doubts and your fears and your uncertainty. I thank God for everybody sitting on a pew today that hasn't received the Holy Ghost, but I hope there's a whole lot fewer of them at the end of this service than was the start. The Lord came in, and he's about to set precedent again. He set precedent the first time. He said, I want you to understand my ministry and my kingdom and my church is going to be about transition. But he's coming in to set precedent again. Brother Gandhi, he walked through the door. He knew what Thomas was going through. He knew what Thomas had said. I mean, brother, he understood it all. He walked in. He didn't rebuke Thomas. Brother Banker, he didn't rebuke him. Oh, you just, you, you, you wanting to touch me, huh? Uh, what, who do you think you are? He didn't say that at all. He said, Thomas, first, first thing says, peace. And they said, Go ahead. I'm setting precedent. My kingdom's going to be a touchy-feely kingdom. My kingdom's going to be one. Now, Brother Gandy, I'm not going against anything you said this morning, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I thank God there's feelings involved in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I thank God that the church today is a touchy-feely church where we feel him where we know him. One writer said, I know this one thing. My Redeemer liveth, praise God. Jesus said, I want every disciple to have their own experience. Paul, Simon, Peter got his testimony. Mary got her testimony. The others got their testimony. But Thomas, you're gonna have a testimony too, son. Everybody in this building today that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost has got their own individual testimony of how it came about, how it happened, what God said, what the preacher said, what you did and how God addressed what you did, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus will give you a testimony. And that testimony will be involving an experience that you have in God. I love to hear people's testimony. I love to hear how they came to God. I love to hear how God stirred them up. I love to hear about a neighbor that said something or whatever. My wife and I, uh, we, 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 we're trying to get something going over at, at Canton. We have for a couple of months then. And it's been a little bit slow, kind of iffy, but we, we're going to try it one more month. We went over there yesterday to deliver some stuff. 
and we couldn't get in the door. Couldn't, the door wasn't open, and there was a truck sitting out there. Finally, I got a hold of the lady that operates it, the manager, and she said, look, I'm out of town, but you call this summer, and Gerald will open the door. I called, and I said, Gerald, where are you? He said, I'm in the marketplace. I said, I'm outside the marketplace. I want to be in the marketplace. He said, well, come to the back door. I'll let you in. So he did. And Brother Gandy, I've seen him around there several times, older gentleman, and he's always very kind, always very friendly. And, and we get to talking. And Brother, I'm going to tell you what, we had church. We had church. Because he had an experience and he had a testimony. And it had been buried for a while. He'd had a little church trouble, I guess, and was a little bit outdone, hadn't been going to church. But we got to talking, and I told him I'd been in the ministry, and we just, you know, kind of shared some things. Big old tears began to roll down his face. I said, brother, you need to find you an assembly somewhere, and you need to make yourself available to God to use you as an encourager and as a worker in the kingdom. You need to be bringing people to the house of God because you've got a heart that loves God I might as well hit him with a cattle prod I'm going to tell you something now it's a little bit dangerous to ask folks well how'd you come to God you better have a sack lunch because we like to tell every detail we like to tell how the prayer meeting was going we like to tell what God impressed on my heart you know what's beautiful about anointing I'm preaching here this morning and there'll be a half dozen different people that'll probably say preacher I enjoyed it when you preached about this and it won't even be what I'm aiming at because it's God talking to them in an individual way I don't get up so I used to kind of wonder what did I not make myself clear I mean what in the world happened no 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 it was God using your words to speak to their heart I thank God that today God's talking to hearts in this building I thank God that today God's talking to lives in this building I thank God that somebody is going to leave out of here today with an experience and a testimony praise God but this fellow was riding one of these little scooters around, and man, he stopped that scooter and bounced off of that thing, grabbed me by the arm, and said, Preacher, you just let me tell you. I thought, wow. He said, I was an alcoholic, couldn't get straightened out. My mama tried to help me, others tried to help me, I was a mess. He said, I did something wrong and got a 30-year prison sentence. He said, I thank God today for that 30-year prison sentence. It probably saved my life. He said, I couldn't see it at the time that that was a good thing, but it turned out to be the best thing that happened in my life to that date. He said, I'm telling you now, I got in that prison, and he said, I can tell you the day, I can tell you the time that I came to my senses in the prison cell, and I turned my life over to God. He said, I told my, the guys in the cell, hey guys, I want to tell you what, I know what I used to be. I'm not going to be that ever again. That's what repentance is all about. I know what I used to be. I'm not doing that anymore. I know where I used to go. I'm not going there anymore. I went south, but now I'm going north. That's repentance, praise God. He said, and then God got to deal with me about baptism. And he said, look, 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 preacher, let me show you something. He moved me into a unit that I shouldn't have been able to get into. But he said, I was praying, I was seeking God. And he said, all of a sudden one day they walk up and they unlock the door and they say, well, you fix and leave, get your stuff. He said, it wasn't like I had four suitcases or nothing. He said, I got my little bag and here we go. 
they moved me into a whole new unit. And he said, they put me into a cell with a guy I'd never seen, never met. And he said, you know, we were just kind of talking a little bit. And he said, just out of the blue, I told that guy. He said, I don't even know why I told him. But I said, you know what, I, I need to be baptized. And the guy looked at me and said, I need to be baptized. They got their Bible and they started studying they went through all the scriptures and the next thing you know they said well we believe we need to be baptized in Jesus name that's how they did in Acts 2 that's how they did in Acts 10 that's how they did in Acts 8 that's how they did in Acts 19 they said we need to be baptized in Jesus name so they went to the chaplain and told him and the chaplain said ain't no way that ain't how I'll baptize we ain't doing it and so he said, you know what? A lot of times prisoners have a lot of time on their hand and many of them will study law books if they can get their hands on them. He said, I had studied enough to know that if I could take my Bible and show that chaplain that I wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name and it was in the Bible, he had to do it. He said, I sent a request to the warden and the warden himself sat down with me and the chaplain and I laid it out for him and when it was all said and done, the warden looked at that chaplain and said, baptize him in Jesus' name. I'm so glad I can find us in the book. I'm so glad I can find us in the book. I'm so glad there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm so glad there was a day in my life that God laid it on my heart. Search the scriptures and see what they say. And when I did, I realized there's not another name. There's not another way that the early church did it. Praise God. He said they had, they had chaplain, they had their, their, their little service that, that morning. I don't know if it was a Saturday, what it was. But he said there was a whole room full of people. And he said, I had no idea what was about to happen. But he said, I walked down into that water and I looked at that chaplain and said, I need to testify just for a minute. And I told those men I had been a mess. I had been on everything you could get on. He said, Jesus had cleaned me up. He said, when I go underwater in Jesus' name, everything I ever said, thought, or done that was wrong is going to stay under that water when I come out. It's going to be remitted. It's going to be washed away. He said, I'm telling you right now, when I went under that water, I came out of there speaking in a language I never learned. He said, the chaplain looked at me and everybody else looked at me and he said, I began to say, thank you Lord for the Holy Ghost. Thank you Lord for the Holy Ghost. He said, my buddy got in the water and got baptized in Jesus' name and 45 more men followed us into that water and were baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. You ought to love him a little bit. You ought to love him a little bit, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus was saying, Thomas, I don't have a problem with you wanting to feel me. I don't have a problem with you wanting to live in proof because really what I'm going to do is I'm going to build me a church that's nothing but living proof. I'm going to have harlots sitting on a pew full of the Holy Ghost. They used to be a harlot. They're not a harlot anymore. They're going to walk streets of gold from now on and they're not selling their stuff to nobody else. I bought them with my blood. I bought them with my I love. I bought them with my mercy. Praise God. 
I'm going to tell you now, there's people in the church that have dealt drugs all over Tyler, Texas, and one day they got living proof. Hey, I don't have to doubt he's alive. Brother Mike, I don't have to doubt he's alive. I don't have to doubt he's alive. I don't have to wonder. He's alive, praise God. Oh, everybody in here that's received the Holy Ghost, you're living proof. This world's full of living proof. There's millions full of living proof. My God. Touch your neighbor and say, I got proof. What happened in me, Brother Jonah, no man could do. <laughs> you don't have to have a 12-step program. There's a three-step program. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall, not maybe, not order, not could, and you shall, everybody look at your neighbor and say, shall. Tell them you shall. You get baptized in Jesus' name, you repent of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, praise God. God's got a gift waiting on you. God's got living proof waiting on you. God's got an experience waiting on you. God's got a power waiting on you. Oh my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I look back at, at the life of Job. The other night when I had that dream about this service, I dreamed of the power of like a river flowing through here. And I remember mentioning that Job had some setbacks financially. He had some setbacks in his family. He had some negative things that went on his life. But right in the middle of that, Brother Gandhi, he said, I know this, my Redeemer liveth. I may be having some problems financially, but my Redeemer liveth. I may be going through some family situations, but my Redeemer liveth. I may have people turning their back on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something. You know, life is kind of weird. I've never had a problem making friends. I make friends with trees. I can talk to anybody in the world. I'm telling you right now, I don't have a problem. But in the last year, I've offended about everybody I could offend. If I hadn't got to you yet, be patient. But you know what? I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know that there's tide coming in and there's tide going out. There's things that are going right and things that are going wrong. But in the middle of that, I'm going to stand on one thing. My Redeemer liveth, praise God. I know that when I lift up my hands and praise him, it's not another God I'm feeling that on the inside. I know that when men aggravate and frustrate me, my Redeemer liveth. Ooh, lift your hands and love the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody today. God's wanting to give you living proof. God's wanting to give you your own experience. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this building that's got the Holy Ghost has got a story they can tell. It may not be all dramatic. It may not be fire and lightning. It may not be any of that. But you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your God touched you. When you go home today, if you just receive the Holy Ghost, you walk out of here, you're going to walk in that same 7-Eleven. You've gone in for six years straight, and that guy's going to say, there's something a little different about you. Yeah, let me tell you, I got a story to tell because I got an experience that's real. Are you the one getting baptized today? No, no, I'd get baptized again too, my goodness. Who's getting baptized today? Where are you at? Abraham, where's Abraham? Abraham... My friend, 
Well, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Abraham. I'm going to ask somebody else. I'll go over and ask these folks. Any of y'all ever had something in life you just couldn't overcome? You just couldn't get rid of it? Well, y'all are a bunch of good folks. I'm telling you right now. I'm in, I'm in the wrong place preaching. Okay, sis, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. I, I'm looking at all the other folks and say, man, they're weird. I was riding with a policeman in Dayton, Ohio one time. We pulled these three, three guys over in his car and wound up having to haul all three of them to the jail. They all had warrants out. One of them gave us a wrong ID, and we had to go back and get him. We had to carry him back through. And we're sitting there, and we're going through all this stuff with him. He'd given us the ID, and he had a warrant on it. Warrant on it. And so we got his real one now, and we're looking. And I said, I got a question, dude. Why didn't you give me a fake ID that didn't have a warranty on a warrant on it? He said, I don't know nobody hasn't got a warrant on it. That's kind of the way I felt. I felt like everybody had problems just like I did before I come to the Lord. Some still got problems like I still do, but I'm still living for God. But Mike, here's some more precedent that Jesus set that day. He said, you touch that. That's not a scar. That's an open wound. He said, I want you to know that my church can be wounded and yet still serve. My church can be wounded and still overcome. My church can be wounded and still be deliverers, praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Just because you're wounded, honey, don't sit down. Just because somebody did you wrong, don't throw in the towel. No, 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 no. Look, I got wounds, but I'm still praising God. I got wounds, but I'm still loving God. People did me wrong, but I'm still loving God. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. The Holy Ghost is moving in here right now. The power of God is moving in here right now. Don't look down your nose at me because I got wounded. The power's still real. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Make a little noise. Praise him a little bit. Love him a little bit. Hallelujah. Somebody disappointed me, but I still got God in my life. Somebody hung him on a cross, but he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Before they ever asked, he said, I'm just going to lay this up here and it'll be ready when you get ready. Go ahead and forgive them. Forgiveness is waiting on everybody. Forgiveness is waiting on you, sir. Forgiveness is waiting on you, ma'am. Forgiveness is waiting on you. Love is waiting on you. Real love, praise God. The love of God is waiting on you today. The power of God is waiting on you today. God's got a real experience waiting for you today. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to hit that water today. I just feel this so strong. I'm telling somebody that may be the last thing you need to get over that hurdle you're going through. If you've never been baptized, never come into covenant relationship with him, you put that name on your life and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. There's an experience. There's living proof. 
Look at that person next to you. That's living proof. Sis, you're living proof. You go down to the store, you're living proof. They can look at you and know something real happened to her. She felt something. She touched something. Something got into her that was different from ever before. Oh, I saw Sister Carolyn out here a while ago. I knew Sister Carolyn while she was still in Ohio. Sister Carolyn worshiped God in Ohio and she found out she can worship God in Texas too, praise God. But you know what? When I saw her spinning around out here a while ago, I said, that's living proof, devil. Look right there. That's living proof, devil. Look right there. God washed her. God cleansed her. Oh, God forgave her, praise God. And then he filled her. He overflowed her. He baptized her with the Holy Ghost. I love scriptural language it didn't say you shall receive a little touch of the Holy Ghost no 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 Jesus said you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire praise God brother you're going to get immersed in it you're going to get put under it praise God everything out of sight in the blood and in the name and in the power of the spirit praise God lift your hands all over brother Cruz if you'll come on and somebody else will come on I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody in this building today there's power here there's living proof at these altars I'm telling you now oh hallelujah you don't have to believe what happened to me come and let it happen to you you don't have to believe what happened to Brother Gandhi. Come let God do it for you. You don't have to believe what happened to Sister Gandhi. Sister girls, come on up here and let God do it for you. Praise God. You don't understand, preacher. I got lots of sin in my life. There's lots of blood to cover it. There's lots of water to baptize it. There's lots of power to overcome it. Come on, come on, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. God's talking to somebody. I've got an experience for you. I've got proof for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You ought to be thanking God. I got living proof. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, you've seen it and you believe, but blessed are those that hadn't seen it yet, but they're still believing. You ought to come down that aisle today and say, you know what, I believe he lives. I believe he lives. If you're in this building today and you're going through a hard time, make your way to the front and just praise them and say, I believe my Redeemer lives. Somebody did you wrong. I'll show you how to throw the devil a curve. Come right down here and pray for that person that did you wrong. It'll unlock the doors of the Holy Ghost and God will give you victory and set them free. Come on, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you've never received the Holy Ghost, you ought to be in these altars. You ought to be right up here saying, Lord, I need that living proof. I want to be clean. I want to be washed. I want to be pure. I want to be holy in your eyes. Oh, God.
God, I want that experience. Come on, there ought to be about a dozen more coming down here right now. There ought to be every visitor in the building ought to be up here at the front right now saying, I've been wounded, but I can live. I've been wounded, but I can serve. I've been done wrong, but God's able. Ah, come on. Come on, reach over and lift your hands on somebody. Come on, reach over and lay your hand on somebody and say, God, give them that living proof. God, give them that living proof. Give them that living proof. Give them that living proof. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a move of the Holy Ghost in this building right now. I feel an incredible move of the Holy Ghost in here right now. If you'll lift those hands right now and begin to praise Him, God's going to give you a living proof. He's going to give you a touch. He's going to give you a touch like you never had. Yeah, Lord in your name. Lord in your name, 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 there it is. Ah, in your name, in your name, in your name, in your name, in your name. Lord, I want to feel you. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to have the power of the Holy Ghost in my mind. I want to have the power of the Holy Ghost in my heart. I want to have it in my life, Lord. Come on, God's doing some special things right now. God's setting some people free right now. There's liberty in the presence of the Lord. Liberty in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't stay at the back. Come to the front. Come to the front and say, God, I want to feel you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to leave here today with an experience like nothing ever had before. 